This is my mom, Amy. I'm so, I'm so proud of you, Pete. I just don't like it when you do all the penis jokes. Well, not tonight, Mom, because Mother's Day is all about vaginas. Oh, and we just want to say Happy Mother's Day from all of us at SNL. Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week we'll be discussing Season 43, Episode 20 of SNL with host Amy Schumer and musical guest Casey Musgraves. I'm John Murray and with me as always is comedy aficionado and all-around swell dude, Steve Finn. If you'd like to connect with either of us, you can do so at snlafterparty.fm. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or rather Apple Podcasts. Your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated. All right, Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, Amy Schumer! So, Steve, we are uh, officially in the home stretch here. We got one episode left before the end of Saturday Night Live's 43rd season. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. One left. This season went by particularly quick. I don't know if it's just life or getting older or what it was, but it doesn't feel like we should be at May already. It didn't feel like enough time to fart. (laughs) <laughs> let alone watch 20 episodes of SNL. Can you imagine? Yeah. Now for our season finale, we are getting Tina Fey with musical guest, Nicki Minaj. How do we feel about this? Oh, they're both babes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> it is. And I stand by it. Tina Fey is my intellectual crush. Sure. And Nicki Minaj is a, a good looking lady. <laughs> and a tal- talented hip hop artist. Okay. So more, more importantly. All right. So you are definitely on board for the finale. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Yeah. Tina Fey. She was my first comedy crush too. There's a, a teenage version of John that just thought everything she did was magic. And, uh, you know, then subsequently her 30 rock television show and, and what she's done after that, it's all been top notch. It's, it's really hard to not be on board with Tina Fey and she's had a lot of solid outings with SNL too. So oh, yeah. expectations can rightly be high for this finale. Yes. And I'm looking forward to it for a few reasons, not just because I love me some Tina Fey, but also because I'm going to be there. What? <laughs> that's, that's fantastic that you can so sincerely pretend like you weren't aware of this fact. <laughs> Even though we discussed it on our last cast like two days ago. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hitting the road on Tuesday and uh, I'm going to spend the week in New York, have a little bit of a gentleman's intermission, get into some trouble. And if all goes well, watch the finale of Saturday Night Live live. As a bit of a program note for our listeners, my intention is to do some little mini casts along the way, uh, hit up the standby line and talk to some of the people there and just generally, you know, be on Twitter, ramp up our Instagram account and actually use that and just sort of document the whole week and, uh, give people the whole SNL experience. And, uh, if, if people think that's interesting, then pay attention to the feed because hopefully some stuff will drop as long as my bag o tech cooperates and uh yeah we'll have some fun and then after the finale i'm going to be meeting up with friend of the show kendall ketchum 
and we're going to do a live recording of the final outing for season 43. And we're going to talk a little bit about our own unique experiences being at the finale. Cause she's going as well um, because she's buddies with Daryl Hammond. And uh, now that he's been recording live uh, in eight H again, she's got the hookup. So she's been there for most of the back half of the season. So she's going to have a, a few fun stories to tell. So that's uh, going to be a lot of fun. I'm not sure how objective our review is going to be considering that when you actually watch the show live, it's a whole nother experience getting the energy of the room and just getting caught up in it. I don't know if we're really going to be able to give a fair assessment, but we are going to have a fun conversation and uh, it'll be whatever it's going to be. Yeah. All right. Let's jump in for our cold open. We get a special mother's day message from the cast of SNL. Was this a win? Oh, how could it not be a win? It's mother's day. This is the creme de la creme of holidays (laughs) for SNL. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We both know that these guys go overboard for this. Not so important holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, they make the best of it. We saw most of the cast mothers, and I think they did an amazing job delivering their lines. <laughs> I think it went well. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it could have been a lot worse when you get people up there that don't really <laughs> know how to deliver in, in front of the bright lights and whatnot. You, anything can happen. Uh, so it, it was a fairly smooth outing that way. Uh, it was clever. I enjoyed it. Not much to say. Like uh, the the underlying goof is basically that all the moms have extremely unflattering opinions of the show <laughs> that uh, the cast members have to kind of like quickly suppress and then shuffle their moms off the, the stage before they can say anything too damaging. I think that's kind of a, a fun little way to open the show. It's refreshing to not have anything too heavily political. So yeah, mother's day episode parade of moms win for me. Oh, for sure. All right, moving on. Let's take a look at the monologue. Amy Schumer got married. I'm actually a fan of Amy Schumer's stand-up. Mm-hmm. She's been a victim of a lot of, I feel, very misogynist criticism. Mm-hmm. And I always felt it was a bit unfair. And this is pretty much proof of that. She is pretty much up there with anybody else in terms of professional comedy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was solid material, no doubt. I thought it was kind of funny actually when she first came out, her material was very kind of lighthearted and, and surprisingly clean, <laughs> you know, by Amy Schumer standards. So I thought, Oh, well, that's, that's kind of interesting that maybe she's trying to, uh, you know, run at this from a different angle. And then about halfway through we, uh, we jump right back into tried and true, what you would expect from <laughs> Amy Schumer type of material. So, you know, we, we ran the gamut. We got, everything that Amy Schumer had to offer in kind of a five minute little package there. And I thought it was all top notch material too. This, this was really good. Her delivery was excellent. She's a very emphatic and energetic and just kind of like vivacious performer. Like there's just a whole lot that she's able to bring just with her facial expressions and her gestures. There's just a lot of animation there that really makes the material sore. And uh, I thought she did great. Vivacious. Yeah. That's a great term to use. Okay. Well, let's go with it. I don't even know if I'm a hundred percent sure what that means, but it sounds like it fits. Okay. <laughs> All right. Use it confidently. Yeah. So yeah, let's go with it. All right. Moving on for our first live sketch of the night. Mother knows best. A mom and son's uncomfortably close relationship makes them the ultimate game show contestants. Was this a win or was this a loss? I thought it was a win. Okay. I just loved the discomfort they offer you in this sketch yeah you know what sometimes that's where you get the laughs and this is exactly what's going on here i think they pushed all the right buttons 
All right. This was very affecting. I agree. This worked. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Kate's performance, really good. You get something exceptionally creepy about her mother character and all the supporting players were effectively put off (laughs) by what they were witnessing. One thing I thought was really good as well was Amy Schumer as the host. She just really had a good beat on how to be a host, how to kind of be bubbly and superficial and just over the top and try and stage manage everything, even when it gets a little weird. Uh, She just really good in that role. So there was a lot here that was working. I thought it was a great way to kick off the show. I was feeling really, really good about what I was seeing here. Yeah. And props to Pete as the announcer. (laughs) Yes. Good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff working here. Moving on. For our next live sketch, we get Handmaids in the City. A gaggle of oppressed women meet up for some light lunch and saucy chit-chat. Sex in the City and Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. They are very much on opposite (laughs) ends of the spectrum. Right. And that's what makes this clash up work so well. Yeah. Is that you couldn't even imagine a Sex in the City mentality (laughs) working alongside of a uh, Handmaid's Tale mentality. Right. And I think it works very well. Yeah. Uh, this was pretty solid too. Uh, all the women did great jobs <laughs> with the dialogue. Like there's a lot of uh, specific language to handmaid's tale that you kind of have to sell more casually than they would use yes. it in the f- kind of formal setting of the handmaid's tale. So that's brilliant. Yeah. It. Finding the right tone for the characters where they're talking playfully, but still they're kind of apprehensive of their surroundings. It, it just, it was a really fun mashup that works on a <laughs> lot of levels and uh, yeah. Yeah, big win. Thought this was great. Absolutely. Okay, let's keep moving. Our first pre-tape of the night, The Day You Were Born. A mom tells her son the God's honest true account of his birth. Win or loss. Oh, such a win. (laughs) Yeah, mothers definitely filter out all the ugly bits. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of ugly moments that we slide through to tell a very, you know, clean story (laughs) of what happened. Yeah. And this is a great representation of that. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of truth here. Uh, This was Streeter Seidel's baby. And uh, I think that he just nailed it. The beautiful thing about this whole sketch is that at the very end, they cap it with a little title card that says to all the moms in the world, thanks for pretending it was easy. Yeah. And is there a more perfect way to sum up the truth of the sketch, but also just really you know say to moms that yeah we get it you know like yeah yeah we we get it <laughs> uh, imagine if you told your kid what you went through yeah you'd ruin them yep they never get over it so this was sweet and true but also brutal and raw and hilarious all at the same time and that's that's quite a roller coaster ride and then to have it all culminate with such a sweet sincere message yeah brilliant loved it thought it was great Likewise. Cool. Next up, Food Network's Gospel Brunch with Tracy and Purvis Scott. I thought this was pretty hilarious. Okay. You know, it's it's funny to watch, you know, these Christian shows. They're very set in their ways and watching them get challenged and kind of like watching them try to deal with it in a polite way. Mm-hmm. It's always funny. You know, this is kind of what they were trying to struggle with as comedy in this sketch. I thought it was welcome and hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely did have that running through it, especially, you know, like when the atheist shows up at the beginning, I, I was enjoying it, but I probably for a completely different reason. I I just thought the obliviousness of them not realizing that 
their type of food is killing their entire congregation. Right. There is a, a certain disconnect <laughs> between health and the food we eat and maybe even more so in the South where the food is rich and the portions are large and it is all butter and mayonnaise <laughs> and salt. And <laughs> like they even sing about stuffing a chicken with all of this, you know, glorious fatty goodness. And then they wonder why, you know, someone's getting a sex bypass. <laughs> I enjoyed that aspect of it a lot. And I also really thought that Amy Schumer did a great job as the the walk on again, just very animated, very in it tonight. I felt like everything that she was bringing was rock solid and her energy was up and her characters were all very well realized. So uh, more high marks for Amy Schumer. And I thought overall, even though this was a bit of a mess, right? Like we had some prop malfunctions and some fumbling over lines and it, it wasn't a gloriously tight sketch, but it was a fun, delicious kind of mess. So uh, I was enjoying it. Yep. yep. Very much agreed. Cool. Let's talk about Casey Musgraves. She performs high horse. And then for her second number, slow burn. What is your hot take on Casey Musgraves? Well, I just loved her. Okay. Yeah. I thought she was amazing. She's got a slight Southern drawl to her music. Mm -hmm. And I felt that the way she delivered her uh, vocals, you can listen to the lyrics so easy. You can hear every word she says because she sings so clearly. Mm -hmm. And that's why I loved a better performance. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought something very similar. I thought it was just a very consistent and even performance. Like just vocally, she she's not loose or slack in any way. She doesn't kind of throw away the performance. It's very precise and controlled, which was kind of refreshing. Like you can tell that she's a, a real pro and she really yep. knows what she's doing up there. So that was cool. I thought the the first song was maybe just not my cup of tea so much. It, it was uh, pretty middle of the road. Didn't really go anywhere. As far as I was concerned, I like songs that maybe soar a little more, or have some sort of, you know, crescendo or just a, another movement to them that, that kind of goes into a higher gear. Fair enough. She's not that kind of performer. So I get a little bit bored at this kind of stuff. And I always roll my eyes a little bit too, when country veers, into other genres that I feel like maybe don't really need to be blended. So right. there was some of this stuff that just didn't connect with me, but I cannot fault her for her abilities. I, I thought she was a really great performer. Um, just wasn't super hot on the first song and the second song I enjoyed. I'm not going to spend too much time thinking about it, but it was a, a perfectly good song and, and I thought it was well-crafted and well-delivered. Right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's take a look at weekend update for their lead in Jost and Che begrudgingly admit that Trump had a pretty good week. What'd you think of the opening salvo? I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe Trump does deserve a little bit praise this time. But I also thought it was hilarious how the thought that maybe he would not recognize those Asian looking <laughs> sure. prisoners as Americans. Right. That was a pretty funny joke. Okay. Overall, the opening salvo was a, a win for me. Yep. Yeah. It was a big win for me too. I think that this is some of their best, uh, very well could be the high watermark of the season. As far as I'm concerned, they had some really hard hitting stuff earlier in the season, which if you connect with the message of the jokes can be really powerful. And, mm -hmm. you know, we did have some really high highs, but I think just for well-delivered, consistently good material, just the guys being really at ease and in the moment and just flowing. I felt like there was just a lot of really great momentum to this weekend update. And uh, I yeah. think they kept it going right into the features. So let's talk a little bit about Heidi Gardner returning as teen movie critic, Bailey Gizmert. Did we want to see her again? Oh, I was curious to see her again. 
Mm-hmm. I saw the potential for a recurring character. Right. I don't know if she showed much more than she showed the last time. I don't know if there was anything more to to embellish on. Mm-hmm. And in effect, I felt like I was watching, you know, the same motions go over again without anything fresh to add to it. Yeah. It just felt like a repetition. Yep. And that's fair. I think we have to accept that some of the recurring characters that we're going to get from Heidi are going to be the Mad Lib style. Yeah. Where each outing is essentially the same as the last with just new jokes inserted. But here's the thing. When we love a player, we forgive that. Keenan has recurring characters that are paint by numbers. Uh, Vanessa used to be the queen of paint by numbers weekend update parts. Oh, yeah. So I think we have to grade this on a curve that way. What I thought was pretty exceptional about this was I think the character got stronger on its second outing as far as just how consistent her delivery of the character was and the the little performance choices of of how she would tossle her hair or maybe get indignant at something Che was saying. Just her presentation of all of those true teenage girl beats I thought were really sharp. And the first time through, they were really good. And we enjoyed what we saw, but I feel like it was just maybe a little more dialed in this time. So maybe it's just because Heidi's getting more comfortable at the desk and she's just really, you know, caught her stride with the show that it comes off a little more effortless. But I feel like this was probably the high watermark, if not, you know, a reinvention or growth of the character in any way. So you thought it was an improvement? Yeah, I think so. I thought the the Thanos idea that she, like many girls her age, would maybe be enamored by the bad boy and say, you know, they're just, you know, different or misunderstood. Uh, I thought that that was a pretty brilliant bit to work into her yeah. character. And it works because she has an argument. You know, he's a good dad. <laughs> yep. Now, if Groundlings wasn't already well enough represented at the update desk this week, we get a walk on from Melissa McCarthy who shows up as the world's proudest stepmom to bring Chase some Claritin. Uh, you can't watch this without <laughs> kind of having a big grin on your face. Right. You can relate to this coddling <laughs> that Che is, I don't want to say a victim of, but he's certainly a recipient. Sure. I just thought she hit so many familiar notes with her <laughs> stepmom character. Mm-hmm. And she made amazing use of the space just like she used to do with sean spicer yep if you give melissa mccarthy some material to work with she will make your show amazing yep and this is exactly what she did yeah this was stunningly good she proves every time she shows up at the show that she is a force and even with a character like this that isn't meant to be like super aggressive like sean spicer or something like that uh she still proves that She's in total control of the performance. She's ahead of the dialogue. She's Mm -hmm. doing stuff with her hands and just seems so comfortable and in character. And it's amazing to see someone that free and unencumbered by the SNL space that they can just come to life like that. Yeah. It it really is stunningly good work that she can do. And it was great material too. Like this is fun. If, if this wasn't the most, mothery of mother's day episodes of SNL ever. I don't know which one we could point to because they really did just hit the, the quintessential mother from every angle with this show. And uh, I loved it. I thought this was great. Right. And SNL is known for focusing on mother's day every year, Mm -hmm. but this is like smothering of mothering. (laughs) Yes. Yep. All right. Enough on that back half of the show. We get a live sketch. Wake up. Denver's early bird hour covers youth theater works production of Lil rent win or loss. 
I guess it's a win overall. You know, this wasn't the most even keeled sketch, mm-hmm. but I felt there was a lot of things working for it. I always loved the cast playing children. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was a lot of funny kind of taboo stuff that they touched on. <laughs> sure. That was hilarious. Yeah. Saying very adult things in front of children always makes me giggle. So these always kind of just connect with me the right way. The thing I thought was particularly strong about it, though, was how cleanly they set up the game. Like Mikey Day explains, okay, here's how this works. I went in and I replaced every version of HIV AIDS with diabetes. But otherwise, (laughs) these kids are going to be reciting the exact same heavy adult dialogue from, (laughs) you know, the real production by putting that out there up front and making it so obvious what we were going to get. It just, for whatever reason, made everything else play that much better. Yeah. So I liked just how straightforward everything was and how they, you know, took it as far as you could reasonably expect them to take this material and then got out. So yeah, I, uh, I like this a lot. Yeah, we both did. All right, let's keep moving for our next sketch. We get last call with Sheila Sauvage. This time she is joined by Amy Schumer as Sue seal and some lesbian hilarity ensues. <laughs> well. It's about time we got some lesbian hilarity out of this. Okay. <laughs> I thought this was one of the best Sheila Savage outings. He got creative with the Keenan reactions. And aside from all that, I thought it was hilarious. Okay. Uh, yeah, this was pretty good. I don't know why I enjoyed this as much as I did because, you know, we usually say Sheila Savage is kind of played out and, you know, maybe they're running low on jokes or at least that, that's how I feel about it when I see it. Mm-hmm. But either it's just because the show already had me, you know, a hundred percent invested that I was more open to Sheila Savage, or maybe it is because they mixed it up and they got some, some fresh life out of it because, you know, it was a, a female companion that she latched onto at the bar. Yep. I, I'm not sure, but there was something that felt a little bit more fresh or fun about it, at least, you know, as far as I was concerned. So I got to count it as a win. Uh, the show just really had me and this just continued to make me happy tonight for some reason. No, I was there with you. Yeah. So don't feel too weird about it. Okay. Very good. 10 to one. We get a pre-tape. James Madison high school graduation is going to be hot as hell. Win or loss. I'm going to call this a win. Okay. I'm definitely familiar with all the subtle details that they've ironed out in this. Mm -hmm. It's all very relatable. Yeah. And uh, I felt it was very much in tune to what you would see if you went to one of these graduation events. Yep. And for the record, they're way too long. (laughs) They should be. Yes. The problem with graduations is that everybody is there for one person. So there's about 15 seconds of the actual presentation that anyone in the audience actually cares about, but you have to sit there for three hours of (laughs) pomp and circumstance and speeches and people walking on and off. And then the inevitable hijinks from some of the class clowns and avant-garde students that need to somehow, you know, use it as a platform. So everything that they were tapping into was brilliant and true. And it was great that they were able to dig as deep as they did. What I thought was really, really great though, was just how this was shot, like taking the intensity of a monster truck rally commercial and trying to mash that into footage from a graduation, like the fisheye lens. That's kind of like Gonzo style pushing its way through the crowd and all the other just little directorial effects that really made this 
exciting and weird to watch all the little video overlays, the laser beams and the explosions and yep. the, you know, the, the very heavy handed graphics, all of that was really used to good effect. That's the joke. Mm-hmm. Taking something benign and making it millennial. <laughs> sure. Yes. Hardcore <laughs> in your face. That's, yes. that's pretty much what they're going for. Yes. As though it's a bunch of kids that are actually trying to produce this commercial on behalf of the school. And <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're going totally, totally balls to the wall with it. <laughs> yeah, it worked strong. 10 to one, a lot of fun. I think the Sheila Sauvage was supposed to be the 10 to one, but they had a couple minutes to kill. So they threw this in, uh, mm. however it ended up in the show. I was happy to see it. I think this was a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. And that is our episode recap moment of the night. What do you got? My moment of the night is Melissa McCarthy shoving mm. her face in the camera. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's something I've come to look forward to. It's been a bit of her, you know, calling card. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's so Melissa right there. Yep. And that's my moment. Yeah, when you're as good a performer as she is and as confident and comfortable on the stage as she can be, what else can you add to your performance to just make it a little bit zanier? Well, mm-hmm. if if you're really, really good, maybe you can figure out how to, you know, just even spin in the chair in a funny way to get yourself in front of the desk. Like everything she was doing was just a little bit better, just a little bit better. It's Melissa McCarthy and, and you can't deny that there is some serious brilliance there. So yeah, yeah. Her use of the space. Good moment. No doubt. No. Yeah, for sure. For my moment, I'm going to think a little bit out of the box and I'm giving it to the title card at the end of the, the day you were born pre-tape. The title card says to all the moms in the world, thanks for pretending it was easy. And I just think that that is exceptionally good writing to sum up what that sketch was all about in such a sincere and sweet way with one sentence. That's really good. That's really, really good. And it was a perfect way to exit that sketch. And it just felt totally right for the Mother's Day episode. So I was actually just kind of a little surprised with how happy I was with SNL when that sketch came to a head. And that was the last thing that I saw to really just put me over the top. So that's my moment. I was just grinning and really taken aback with how invested I was with that whole sketch. I loved it. I'm surprised. I would have expected you pretended you never saw it where you have a bun in the oven with your wife. Well, no, 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 no. This is not our first bun in the oven. This is number three. So I've been in the trenches. I I know what this is like and everything that they showed was true. Absolutely. A hundred percent. She's going to tell you you're not a man. Yes. At least one more time. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, hysterics in the delivery room was all great. Obviously, you know, they were really going over the top with it, but this was not satire so much as just truth on display. And yeah, I find that it's brilliant when you can make something like that really funny, just kind of in the edit too. you know, the back and forth of here is our, our sweet nostalgic reminiscing on the event. And here's the reality of the day. Yeah, that's, that's great. Streeter Seidel. Good job, man. This was, this was just really good work this week. You the man street. Yeah. And he also, uh, co-wrote the 10 to one the graduation thing. So uh, he was kind of king of the pre-tapes tonight. Did some good work. Good on him. (laughs) Uh, So that's my moment. Let's keep moving here. Best sketch. What do you got? I think my favorite sketch is the pre-tape. The day you were born. Okay. I just thought it was brilliant. The juxtaposition between what you tell your child and what actually happened (laughs) in bringing that child into the world. You know, we've all heard the whitewash story of that. I think we can all relate. 
And we all kind of know what happened, but we don't want to think about it. Sure. And you know what? SNL did it for us. Mm-hmm. I want to give them some props. Give that the, uh, the sketch of the night. Sure. Uh, yeah, it was very sweet. It was very true. There was a lot to like, and you're right. It's kind of even funnier that they're forcing you to accept the reality of the situation. Like, even though <laughs> yeah. we're all adults, right? Like that, uh, fantasy fades away, you know, with youth, but putting it in the mom's perspective of just the daily grind and just how put upon she will continue to be long after she explodes on a table for all to see to bring life into the world, you know, just the burden of motherhood shown in all of its gory glory. It was fun for that, but it also genuinely makes you sympathize with a mom's plight and kind of lets you walk a mile in her shoes and serves the purpose of kind of building a, a bit more consideration of, you know, what all a mom goes through to, to rear a child. So this just, it worked on every level that it could work on. So you're right that that was really good. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. I was going to go with Melissa McCarthy's performance just because she's, you know, so great, but you know what you, you pulled me back in. The more I think about the, the day you were born sketch, the more I just have to acquiesce. You know, it, it was the most brilliant. It's a sliver of brilliance yeah. there. You can't deny it. Yep, absolutely. So I'm going to go with that too. So we're in agreement on that one. MVP. What do you got? I'm going to give it to Amy. Okay. It starts from her monologue, which was amazing. Right. And she was very strong in a lot of the sketches. So I got to give it to her. Yeah, I agree. I'm going with Amy Schumer too. I think that she's an exceptionally good sketch performer. I think if she was just on the show, you would say that she was the strongest player, not just because of how much she had to do tonight, but all of her characters were perfect. Tonally, everything was great. Um, Her enthusiasm, her energy level, her just ability to just present something exceptional with her characters was, was really on tonight. I don't remember her last outing wowing me this much, but this one really did. I I feel like she was just in the zone. Yeah. And then you put on top of that, a really solid monologue. So I got nothing bad to say about her and uh, she just, yeah, she owned, she totally took the show for all it was worth and made the mother's day episode one for the books. I think they're always one for the books in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but Amy Schumer definitely put it way across that goal line. Yep. All right. Big question. On a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck, how would you rate this episode? I'm going to give it a decent. Okay. You know, I really did love that musical guest, and I loved all the sketches, but nothing elevated me over anything other than a decent. I just felt that I was entertained. I wasn't wowed. Really? But I was given something that was an acceptable accumulation of sketches. (laughs) So. It's just enough for me to give it a a decent. Really? Okay. All right. Well, to each their own. That's amazing because I don't know if we've had, in my opinion, a more consistent episode this season. I don't think that there was (sighs) one loss in this whole show. And then on top of that, you have a great host who did great work with a great monologue. You have a cold opening that wasn't, you know, a bummer week in review political thing, (laughs) you know, that we've gotten too much of this season. Uh, and then, you know, you put on top of that, some really solid pre-tapes and just great writing end to end. And I personally think you end up with a classic episode. God, what? Yeah. 
You know, we had a guest on last week, Dave Buckman, and he said something that I thought was really insightful. He said, for me, a classic is when you watch it at 10 o'clock, the hour long version of it, and you feel gypped because there was more grade A material that they cut out to get it down to an hour. That's when you're dealing with a classic, whereas a great is where you say, man, this episode will be really great when they cut it down to an hour because there was just a couple of clunkers that didn't need to be there. With this one, there was nothing here that I would consider bad or cut worthy. I, I loved it all end to end. It really connected with me you know, personally. I thought the material was just really fantastic. And the best Mother's Day outing I personally think we've ever gotten from SNL. So oh, wow. if that's not a classic, I don't know what is. Not to mention Melissa McCarthy in the mix too, doing some really fantastic work. So there was a lot here that I would say throws it into classic territory easy. I don't even feel conflicted about it. I think it's like solid classic, not marginal classic. So you would not have cut the gospel brunch or handmaids in the city. These were all amazing sketches to you. I haven't laughed harder at an SNL episode this season with the exception of maybe Mulaney. Okay. Maybe Mulaney and maybe Hater. I think were maybe the two others that really gave me a a lot of enjoyment, but this one, I think tops them both. Well, I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) You're going to let my classic stand. (laughs) I'm going to allow it. Very good. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. So anyways, that's, that's where I land. I mean, you, you sticking with decent. I I made a pretty impassioned case why you might want (sighs) to step up a grade. No, you land there. I'm, (sighs) I'm sticking with decent. (sighs) Oh, Um, all right. Before we sign off, I'm just going to remind our audience that if they would at all be amused by getting some insights on what's happening at Rockefeller center next week, or just generally the scuttlebutt surrounding the finale, do tune into our Twitter and our Instagram, because I'm going to try to kind of keep a a constant flow of information going through there. And, uh, hopefully it'll be amusing and I will try and also drop a couple mini casts along the way and try and just, you know, go out on a bang. I love going on and bang. (laughs) Okay. And that's a cast. Thanks as always to Steve Finn and thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Jonathan Jordan, and Aaron and trader. If you're enjoying our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Our patrons get early ad-free access to each new podcast episode, as well as many other exclusive member rewards. You can learn more about all the ways you can support the cast at snlafterparty.fm. We'll be back in one week for SNL's season 43 finale with Tina Fey and musical guest Nicki Minaj. This has been episode number 48 of the Saturday Night Live After Party podcast. I'm John Murray. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. Thanks to Casey Musgraves, Melissa McCarthy, all the moms, the cast, the crew, Lauren. Thank you so much. This is the best time in the world. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day.
And just when you thought the fun was over, watch your principal confidently mispronounce an Indian kid's last name. Saswal Parsar Jabadajubis. And of course, everybody's dabbing. Dab, 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 dab. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a dab. And after the ceremony, it's time for dads with iPads. And lots of group pictures where no one knows which phone to look at. Plus, secrets will be revealed. Like when you realize goth kid Devin Almont's parents are like, normal? How did that happen? And hey, look, there's a senior having drama with his girlfriend who's a sophomore. And don't want to date college girls. Baby, look at, we're not going to break up. Okay? <laughs> yeah, they will. It'll be okay to remember. But the only thing everyone will actually remember is when the principal fell off the stage. Webster defines the term graduate. <laughs> the James Madison High School graduation. Your grandma flew in for this.